Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. It is the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, and you will hear Father Robert Miller speak on Luke ten thirty-eight. As you listen, see if you can answer these questions. The questions, one, what are some examples of unwelcome and of welcome surprises in your life? Two, how do you describe the presence of God in your life? And three, how do you wait for God? Proclamation of the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to Saint Luke. As Jesus and his disciples went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, You are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which shall not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One of the privileges of being seated there is you get to smell the fragrance of the flowers. (laughs) And it is beautiful. So on behalf of everybody here, thank thank you to the Altar Guild for taking the, the Flower Guild. I love to be surprised in life. It always follows receiving a letter or a card from an old and dear friend or a compliment that I didn't anticipate. And then there are mediocres of life, the junk mail, (laughs) or the coupon from a store that arrives in the mail. It's mediocre because I know it's not free, but I must buy something to redeem it. And then there are some surprises that I don't welcome. A statement advising me that the bill on my credit card is due. And the worst surprises come in the form of those scams that advise me that $500,000 is waiting for me in an offshore account. They are surprises, 
but unwelcome because they appeal to my lower nature, to greed, and are quickly deleted. A real surprise brings joy. Joy is more than happiness, for true joy touches my soul. C.S. Lewis confesses in his autobiography, Surprised by Joy, that he spent much of his life pursuing joy. But I think he confused it with delight. Like Lewis, I enjoy the creativity of writing and being precise in my thinking. I'm delighted when somebody says they read something of my prose that had meaning for them. You know, it's quite easy to tell someone some words that they want to hear. Hucksters do it all the time. So Lewis didn't trust rumors that he read in the newspaper, which was the internet of his time, nor what he heard at the office water cooler. He always checked his sources for their veracity. In time, what surprised him most was his faith. You see, for much of his life, he thought people went overboard on their evangelism. Religious people seemed to be overzealous. He viewed some bishops of the Church of England as pompous. And he thought of God as a kind of divine meddler, getting into his business when what he wanted most of all was to be left alone. And then one day, as he was playing this game of chess with God, he found himself checkmated, encountered by the mystery he had avoided and yet had pursued throughout his life. He was surprised by joy itself. Well, he couldn't quite name it. There awakened a hunger within him for a mystery that he was unable to describe with words. Now remember, he is a writer a professor of English literature at Oxford. He was no stranger to crafting the English tongue to his thoughts and his experiences. His books for children, the Narnia Chronicles, were parables. And even Jesus resorted to similes. The kingdom of my father is like this or like that. It was a more profound sense of joy than he had ever known. There wasn't a word for it. Lewis then tried to talk and write about his experiences of Christ and became an apologist like St. Paul eager to spread the truth of the gospel. 
and he did it in books, he did it on the radio, he did it in talks. If I were to invite any of you to come up here today and describe the presence of God within you, what would you say? Our presiding bishop describes it as a path, a way of love. But what words would you use? Lewis read the lives of the saints, the great masters of prayer and meditation, as you and I have done. The story of Martha and Mary is the story of each of us. We have heard about Jesus, and we are initially curious. Could he be for real? Is Jesus the one promised long ago by the prophets of Israel? So there's a period of waiting. Many of us are touched by the parables of reaching out to the needy, and so we do just that. Our hope is that the light of Christ will shine upon us. We clean house in preparation, searching our memories for the dust and dirt of our lives, our times when we've not been so loving. And we repent, we feel the weight of our sins, but God doesn't leave us stuck in the mud. Rather, he calls us to look forward to the day when he will come into our home. And come he does, filling us with an indescribable joy that surpasses all others. My dear friends, Christ is worth waiting for. His promise of love and hope are real. Continue to prepare yourselves to be attentive to the presence of God in the everyday moments when there is nothing you describe as stupendous or glorious or exciting going on. Pause to sit in the shade of a tree or at the feet of God and relax in hope. As the Boy Scouts say, be prepared so that nothing is missed. He is always there with us. Amen. The questions. One, what are some examples of unwelcome 
and of welcome surprises in your life. 2. How do you describe the presence of God in your life? And 3. How do you wait for God? 